Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. All right, we are in Kyle's Tesla, Steven Strom, Kyle Seeloff, on uh, the first day of full squad workouts. We were live from Jupiter. Now we're racing our way back to Miami. Just a couple of days left until the spring training opener on Saturday afternoon. It's great to have you aboard. We had a chance to listen to a couple of individuals today. The principal owner, Bruce Sherman, we also got a chance to listen to Marlins general manager Peter Bendix, Skip Schumacher, Louisa Rise, and Josh Bell. But Kyle, as your Tesla continues to make noises, just some of your takeaways, excitement, wherever. We can go wherever with uh, this answer after the fir- first full squad workout in spring training. Okay, well, let me grab this microphone. I actually think I've gone deaf for the last minute, and I'll tell you why. Only thing I could think about when you grab this microphone, imagine if we get in a high-speed chase and we just continue podcasting (laughs) right through it, right through the end of the chase. That's all I could think about when you were doing your little open here. Uh, Did you say something about uh, the excitement level today? Yes. Uh, Exciting. There was a lot of media out there. Um, I do think it's really cool to see the entire 40-man roster in addition to the non-roster invitees in camp. Um, It's fun to get right up close next to the cages and watch live BP and watch a little PFP work. So uh, we probably sound like we're beating a dead horse at this point, but I do think there's a lot of excitement around camp right now. All right. Again, we're going to go kind of in and out with you on this one, but let's first here and Bruce Sherman and Peter Bendix did their media availability together so let's hear what they had to say for the upcoming 2024 season. Welcome great uh, what a beautiful day we haven't had much sunshine in Florida recently over the last 40-50 days I've been in Florida 45 years and it's the worst winter I remember weather wise I'm really excited to be here spring training is wonderful especially coming off an incredible Caribbean classic we had almost 400,000 people at the Caribbean classic and I hope those fans come out and watch your Marlins, your playoff Marlins. Uh, we want to get there again. Uh, we just had a great kickoff meeting with uh, Skip, myself, and, and Peter. And uh, I'm really thrilled about the upcoming season. I'm especially thrilled with uh, Peter bringing uh, some expertise in, in drafting and in player development. And we're making a very large commitment towards uh, improving the front office uh, and being best of breed. Uh, and that includes every aspect of uh, technology, every aspect of facilities, this Jupiter facility be coming down 
shortly uh, and be improved. We delayed it a year for a number of very valid reasons. And uh, we want to make it, we have now the best in class in uh, Dominican, and we're going to have the best of class spring training uh, facility here ultimately as well. So we'll turn it over to Peter. Just Peter, so you open, any opening remarks? comments? All right, yeah. We'll turn over to questions. I'll, uh, I'll keep it brief and get to your questions, but I'm really happy to be here. I'm, I'm really flattered by the support from Bruce and the ownership group and the trust that they placed in me. And I'm really excited to just be part of this group. We have a great group of players, a lot of young talent. We have a great manager in place, the reigning manager of the year, great coaching staff, and I think it's a culture that we can really build upon and really really get to that level that, that Bruce has asked me to, to get us to of that sustainable success year over year. Uh, so, For either of you guys, what was the central message to the about this morning uh, for me for, well for, for, for me quickly it was one to thank them and tell them about ownership commitment for this year um, and uh, I know we've uh, brought in uh, some some minor league free agents some major league free agents uh, have brought any big superstar name players we get it we understand and um, uh, just to uh, tell them our commitment to this organization for the long term and commitment to all our people, and especially what we're going to do to make the, the player environment the world best, the best in all of baseball. Peter, on the floor. No, no, you nailed it. Yes. Uh, who spoke? Every, 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 everybody speaks. I spoke, uh, Peter spoke, uh, Skip spoke, um, uh, training staff spoke, et cetera, et cetera. You guys spoke to the commitment for everything long-term, obviously front office stuff, but when from the external point of view for fans, when you've said no real splash hires or whatnot, how do the fans, how do you guys inter show the fans that you guys are making that commitment on the, for the on-field portion of it this season? First, I want to thank the fans. Attendance was up 29% last year. They came out. We're still at the bottom of the you know, major league in the attendance level. I'd like it to continue to grow and get better. I think the fans should look at the product that we have on the field and see what we do and just not measure it by a sound bite here or there. And Peter, uh, for when it comes to uh, extensions for some of the players, what are some boxes that need to be checked before those conversations begin? It's really a case-by-case -case situation, right? I mean, we have a lot of young, talented players, so there's always going to be that discussion. And whenever there's questions about that, whenever it's something we're thinking about, that's what we're aiming for. It means we have a really talented player who wants to be here. So what about someone like Luis Rice, who's publicly stated that he wants to be here? He's proven himself what? He said he hasn't heard anything. I love that he wants to stay here. I would much prefer players want to stay here than not. That's the kind of culture that we're building. And those conversations happen in due time. That's something that we're going to keep internal. But it's really, it's meaningful that when you have really good players who want to be here. We, you asked about the comment I made. I'll just say one of my comments there. We love Lewis Arise. Congratulate him in front of his teammates on winning the batting title. I look forward to giving him that Silver Slugger Award. And you probably know this, his batting average of 354 was the highest batting average in the major leagues in the last 13 years. So we love losing. Peter, two questions. Where are you going to make up the power from a rare bat? And uh, long term with the skipper, you mentioned you want to be top of the class. You want, well, he's the top of the class right now. So what, what are those options? Well, I think for long, for the, I'll start with the first question on, on the power. Having a full season of, of Josh Bell and Jake Berger, I think, is going to be a really important boost for the offense. We sh they showed what they can do last year in a couple of months. They're, one guy's more veteran than the other, but they both have a lot of talent. They're really good hitters and really excited to see what they can do over the course of a full season. And to your other question, I mean, you don't get to come into a job like this and, and have a manager in place who's the reigning manager of the year very, very often. So this offseason got to know Skip a lot. I flew out to meet him in California 
and we had a lot of conversations. We're really aligned on just about everything that's important. The importance of culture, the importance of winning, the importance of empowering people to do their job well, and I, I'm really fortunate to walk into that situation. Oh, the manager is the, the key piece in the clubhouse, right? The manager is the leader of these group of men that are going to be going at this for the next 180 plus days and then hopefully deep into the postseason too. It's a grind. You come into work every day, you're working for 10, 12 hours, you're traveling, you're away from your family, maybe you don't speak each other's language, and then also you're going out onto a stage every day in front of millions of fans and performing and failing every day. And this is the person that is keeping everybody on track, and this is the, the leadership. It's a, such an important position. It's February 20th, is this the roster, or will there be more additions? We're always having conversations. I can never answer that question with any kind of certainty. I will tell you that I feel really good about this roster right now. I feel really good about the balance of some veteran players, some young talent, some power, some average, a lot of speed, some good defenders, and just a lot of really good young position players, in addition to the fact that I think we have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Uh, two of those players you have brought in, uh, Trey Mancini and then Nick Orton and Trey, what do you envision both of them being able to I think Trey brings that veteran presence. He's been there. He's been a really successful player, and we'll see what kind of he looks like this spring. And with Nick Gordon, you look what he did. Last year was an injury-ravaged season. Two years ago, he was a pretty darn good player. He can bounce around. He's a good outfielder. He's a good infielder, a good left-handed bat, and somebody who's still pretty young and excited to see what he can do when he's healthy again. Bruce, what is your role on the executive council with uh, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, and what does that mean for the Marlins with you? Um, yeah, I was thrilled to be uh, appointed to the Executive Council of Major League Baseball for four years. Uh, the next four years are going to be an exciting time in baseball. And uh, uh, as Rob told me, I didn't even know this, but uh, I'm the first owner of the Marlins in its 31 years um, to uh, be on the Executive Council. So it gives me uh, input. I've learned a lot over the last six, seven years from my fellow owners. And it gives me input in a lot of the decisions that you'll be talking and writing and asking questions about. Making the playoffs was great. Uh, uh, it was really an exciting stretch run. I, I want to have that same stretch run again. Uh, I want to be in the playoffs every year, and I want to win. And as I said, Peter's empowered to do all the things he needs to do to win, and we're going to do those things. Last question. On the, on the renovations here, you mentioned before, um, maybe those plans slightly changed from what they were with demolition and stuff like that. Can you speak of what those changes were? Um, yeah, uh, under the leadership of Caroline O'Connor, who just doing a phenomenal job uh, as president of baseball operations. Caroline um, uh, ran this Caribbean uh, classic after uh, running the WBC for the Marlins, uh, which was incredible. Uh, and she's actively working with Major League Baseball, as I am, to get the next WBC here. In terms of Jupiter, which was your question, um, uh, we delayed it. Uh, St. Louis, uh, we brought in some new uh, construction-type executives, and the St. Louis and us will, will be basically demolishing most of the building, rehabbing, and having a world-class facility. This facility is 25 years. We want the players, whether it's Dominican, where everybody tells me we have a state-of-the-art, I've been there, and this facility being state-of-the-art. We want how we treat the players, how we work with the players and their families to have an experience at Marlins Park like none others. And it starts with the players' health, nutrition, and their environment that they work in, and we think we're gonna make great strides here, and I just wish I could have shown it to you 
last year, um, but we delayed it for a year, but everything's all set to go. Thank you, guys. All right, so that was Marlins principal owner Bruce Sherman and Marlins general manager Peter Bendix. And a couple of questions I think that, um, you know, we kind of expected with free agents and if they were satisfied with the offseason. I don't know, Kyle. I mean, you said something that it kind of stuck with me where if the Marlins did sign a relief pitcher for one year, $3 million, would it really change the narrative on this season? And on the offseason, and, and the answer is no. That p- fans would still find something to continue to yammer about. And in this particular offseason, it's been about the free agency. But we've, again, this also feels like we're beating a dead horse. I think we've honestly been pretty intrigued by the offseason moves in the most positive way with Nick Gordon, with Jonah Bride, uh, with Vidal Brujan, and the front office hires as well. I don't know. I, I again. I, I maybe we're just kind of a sucker of the environment right now, being around the team. But it, I don't know, man. It feels like these guys are confident quietly, but just being around these guys, it's like, all right, here we go again. People are going to doubt us, and we're going to hold this standard up and go out there and handle our business with winning as a top priority. Yes, and look, I do think we have talked about this a lot and I'm not sure where the narrative started that this team was just not going to be good because they didn't spend tens of millions of dollars um, the entire team is still there outside of Sandy who's going to miss a season in Jorge Soler now that's a that's a big loss and they have to find that power but a lot of these guys are still here and you know the, it is tr- there's some truth to Bell and Berger having a full season and Jazz needs to stay healthy. That's super critical and important to this entire team's success this season. And, you know, in my opinion, they don't make moves for guys like Nick Gordon and some of these other guys, along with Vidal Brujan and others, if they're not going to be on the team. And I think these guys are going to get some serious um, opportunities to win big league jobs. And a guy like Jonah Bride has an option left. I would anticipate he probably would start the season at AAA if everybody is healthy, but that's a guy that is obviously very serviceable, and I think you're going to see a lot of him. I think that's all um, very important. So, yeah, I think I think, I think you're right. I think they probably will play like they have a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder because they will be doubted once again, and understandably so. I thought it was fine to reasonably doubt them last year, but I thought they proved relatively quickly that they were for real. And I would anticipate that Skip Schumacher will get them in a position to do the same exact thing this year. All right, let's now listen to the Skip Marlins manager, Skip Schumacher, on day one of the full squad workouts and also some possible contract extension talk as well. It did feel like day one because, you know, it's a first full squad workout, um, first team meeting ownership addresses the team so that's when you, it really feels like it starts um, although a lot of guys have been here and um, but the excitement kind of ramped up a little bit more today what was the message from Bruce Peter front office when they had that meeting I think I keep messages pretty internal um, I don't really elaborate too much but I think it's the very similar messaging of you know w- winning still the most important part of your day um, from the top to the bottom and uh, that's kind of what I'm about and what that group's about in there and um, probably keep it as like that. You spoke last year, especially toward the end, just about setting the standard. How, how do you think you guys have done enough and how do you maintain that this year moving forward? 
we've done enough. Like, what do you mean? Just like whether it's, you know, front office externally, guys maybe over the off season developing to progress better. Yeah, I mean, part of our job as a staff is to try to figure out how to get every guy better. That's We're servants in this job um, and teachers. So if we don't get those guys better, we're not doing our job. And I think, you know, a lot of guys were not satisfied with their year last year. I know as an organization, it was good to get back to the playoffs, but, you know, we didn't want to just play two games. So, you know, there was extra motivation and, and hopefully a different expectation this season, um, you know, entering uh, the start of spring training. So um, as far as like doing more or whatever, like I, that's not my job. My job is to try to get the best version out of those guys. Um, and I know Peter's always trying to, you know, find ways to get, you know, our team better and I'll let them handle that. Skip, when he, when he comes real after like being the first day here, you will not have Solaire, you will not have Sandy for the season. How does the team get back to where they were a year ago? Yeah, team changed, uh, teams and rosters change every single year. So I don't think there's one team that has the same exact roster um, in the major leagues. So there's guys that are going to get more opportunity to step up. Um, a full year of a lot of guys um, with the burger and, and bells exciting. Um, and then the rotation, like a full year of Rodgers, if he's healthy, and what's Braxton year two look like, and does Zeus become that ace, and obviously there's Yuri, so there's some, and there's some guys that, um, you know, A.J. Puck has been really, really good so far, day two, um, so, yeah, of the bull, bullpen, so we'll, we'll find out, um, there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of 29 other teams that are excited about some potential guys as well, and um, you don't find out what you have until the ga these games start and then um, kind of figure stuff out from there. Because, because you had to do it the way you did it last year, so many guys in and out. When you're mentioning now other guys have discovered. How much do you enjoy that challenge as a manager? That's putting the Yeah, we used a lot of guys last year. Um, unfortunately, we had it, you know, up and down and DFA and all that stuff too. That's like the, my worst part of the, like the worst part of the job is telling guys that, you know, they're being sent down or whatever it is. And I don't like that at all, but that's part of the gig. Um, but that it tests your depth. Um, and you know, those guys, the JD Davis, the Ryan Weathers, whoever it was that came up, um, really helped us get to where we want to get to, you know, there's some organizations that used almost 20, or over 20 starting pitchers last year. Um, so, you know, our depth will be tested at some point. Um, we feel like we've done a really good job in the off season to um, create some depth as far as the pitching and position players. But again, you don't find out until you start this, uh, start spring training to, to see where you're at. The transition uh, from Kim now to Peter. Uh, Skip, you've had a few months to get to know him a little bit. How has that relationship been for you? And what have you learned so far about him? Yeah, you know, obviously Kim and I had a great relationship, um, and that obviously tough, you know, for me personally. Um, but getting to know Peter, it's been a, a really easy transition. We align with the same thoughts, um, same values. Uh, we're about family first um, and culture. And I think the uh, one of the main things for me too is he's one. Uh, he's he knows what winning looks like um, and understands that it starts you know, uh, with the foundation in the minor leagues of bringing these guys up and develop the guys the right way. Um, I'm about that too. Um, I grew up in a system right across the way that develops a lot of really good big leaguers and, um, and those guys have guys that come up through the system that have won together. That's what we're trying to achieve here is 
double A, A ball, triple A, they are all winning together. And then when they get up here, hopefully they understand what that looks like and, and, um, and we can win up here as well with them. But as far as the relationship and the new guys that have come in, it's been a very easy transition. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I'll be honest with you. Um, and, uh, but Peter flew out right away, met me in California. Um, and, you know, we talked on the phone a lot. He had a lot to do this offseason as far as a lot of hirings, figuring stuff out, uh, R&D, the whole deal. Um, and he's done a great job so far. And, and, uh, and I've learned a lot already, already, which is kind of crazy to think about 20-plus uh, years in the game. And I'm, I'm still learning, and that's the exciting part for me. What's the expectation for this season? Obviously, your contract coming up after the season as well. Where's your head at in that aspect? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always played as like a player year to year. Um, I've coached year to year and I'm going to manage year to year as well. So uh, if they give you a five-year contract, they can let you go uh, after year one. So that, that doesn't really matter to me. Um, you always coach to try to be irreplaceable. I've always thought that. I try to tell my staff that if I lose you, is it going to be tough for us to figure out your replacement? Um, and that's how I've always thought about coaching. Like the contract, I like. I'm not going to talk about it again because I just – it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Um, and I think that um, uh, we'll figure out that stuff at the end of the year. The expectation for the team, does it feel different coming off of actually making the playoffs rather than, let's say, a year ago saying, like, hey, we want to make the playoffs and go far when you didn't have, you know, proof of it happening? Yeah, I think, I, I think we're – I was expecting to make the playoffs last year. I'm expecting to make it this year. Um, and then see what happens in, in the playoffs. You never know once you get in the playoffs who's going to get hot at the right time and make a run at it. The expectation in there is to try to get to the playoffs and, um, and, and from our staff. So I don't think it's the messaging's any different. I hope it's not. Um, if I did, I didn't do a good job, um, and I'm going to try to keep that message throughout the year. Okay, Kyle. Uh, so good stuff there from manager Skip Schumacher. We also got a chance to hear from Josh Bell and Louisa Rise. We'll listen to a rise first, but my initial takeaway, and it's kind of been a weird offseason for a rise. There was talks when Peter Bendix was hired about an extension. Media asked Peter Bendix, open and interested. Media asked Luis Arise, open, interested, very much interested in staying into Miami. He ends up going to arbitration, always an awkward time, but Luis Arise is all about ball. And from his media availability, and you'll listen to it here in a couple of seconds, this guy doesn't want to talk about anything other than being on the diamond, being with his guys, and winning here in Miami. Um, and I think he would love to be a part of this thing long term, and that's super cool to hear. Um, I think it's really cool. Like when Peter talks about it's really great to hear that guys want to stay here instead of wanting to leave here. I think that's part of the culture change that started last year uh, by bringing in players like Luis Arise and then obviously Skip Schumacher kind of um, sets the tone. But, yeah, the arbitration stuff is obviously bizarre. It's a very weird thing for major league players to have to go through because uh, you're fighting against your own team. You're telling them why you should make – more than what they're offering and they're countering by basically saying no you shouldn't and here's why and they try to highlight the negative which is odd but um Luis is a professional he's going to handle himself as such I genuinely can see the excitement um, and hear the excitement in his voice when he talks about guys like Nick Gordon uh, and Jazz Chisholm what they did they call themselves the three amigos or were the were one two three they said or um that's you know that's cool to hear and I think those guys are going to have a big impact on this team this season 
All right, here is Luis Arise on that and much more. <laughs> nah, I just need to keep continue doing what I do. I miss that guy a lot. He know that. I just text him, call him every time. And he's one of my favorite people here. But uh, he signed a good contract, so I'm happy for him, his family. He's amazing. He's an amazing guy. We just need to be healthy. Everybody, if everybody stay healthy, we can do a lot of good things. Uh, we just need to stay healthy, try to make the playoff first, and then let's see what happens. When we spoke with Nick Gordon, he called you one of the best teammates uh, he's had in Minnesota. Just what is it like to have him back in your clubhouse? He's the best. So I miss Nicky a lot. He called me a lot when he was with Minnesota. I mean, I, I thought he not miss Minnesota anymore because it's too cold there. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm happy for him. He's a he's an amazing player. He got really good energy. He's a teammate, so I love him a lot. Luis, have you learned a lot about the business side of baseball the last couple of years? Going to arbitration a couple of times, you know, contract discussions. And I'm wondering what your takeaway is from learning about these new things that you've experienced. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, business, business. So I went to arbitration because uh, I know that number is good, but uh, I just try to be focused in the game to help my teammates, my, uh, my team, to win a couple of games. So that, I, I changed the pace already. So I'm here in Jupiter right now. So I just try to be focused and try to be the leader here and then help my teammates win. And, you know, so I love Miami. Everybody knows I love Miami, and I don't want to think about business right now. I just try to be available to help my teammates. Thank you. What was, the, what was the first day like? I know you guys have been here for a little while, but what was it like to have everybody around? I'm running everywhere. I just hold my bus and say, okay, finally. I, I mean, I love the vacation because we are close to the family, but I miss my teammates. I, I miss my teammates. I miss the... Uh, I miss the stadium. When I, I touch the ground, I say, okay, it's time. It's time to, the, to go the, the, the first time to the school. So I just enjoy this. Tell me, tell me about Skip. What, why, why was Skip able to do what he did with the manager with so many people in and out of the line last year to be able to make the he's, he's the man. He's the man. He's, the, he's one of my favorite managers. Uh, not because he's here in Miami, but... Uh, he played a lot of years in Belize. He know how we can, uh, we can play baseball. He just he's just, he's just amazing. He just he communicate a lot with us, and that's why everybody loves him. What was the message in the clubhouse before you guys first worked out? Obviously, I know oh, front office when people were in there. What was the message they gave you guys heading into the first meeting today? Uh, like eight ten, eight thirty, something like that. When he's standing in his park, I say, wow. He, I, I wanna, I wanna start the season already. When he's starting talk, so that's why he's, he's one of my best, uh, my favorite manager. What, what, was, what was it about that message that he gave that made you feel that way? Motivate. He's, he's motivating me every time. He said, not, not at me. So, to the whole group, he just say, hey, uh, we just uh, play in the playoff only two games, and then he know that I hate lose, and and, and, and like him. I love winning, so I just I just here to win a lot of games. 
Okay, and lastly, it's Josh Bell, who is coming into 2024, opting in with the Miami Marlins, is going to play a big role on this team, not only on the field, but in the clubhouse. Look, one of the first questions for him was, Jorge Soler is off this team. That's 36 home runs. Do you think you and Jake Berger are um, feeling a little bit of the pressure that you guys have to carry the offensive weight? Of course, he said yes, with a caveat that he thinks there's multiple guys that can contribute in that area. The big name coming out of this, and we've talked about the different guys the Marlins have acquired and Trevor Rogers coming back and being healthy, but the one constant that you hear when it comes to Miami making the playoffs is can Jazz Chisholm Jr. stay healthy for 162, and Josh Bell talked about that and his relationship with Jazz, and man, I being 25, 26 years old, Jazz just turned 26. I'm not sure if there's a guy I would rather have in this clubhouse to sort of guide Jazz in the right direction than someone like Josh Bell because everything that we've heard about him and every time we've talked with him, I've been more and more impressed with just his uh, baseball intellect, but also just him as a man. Uh, yeah, and he's a really good player. He's super super good for this team I think that was um, evident last season when he was brought you know the one thing that sticks out to me the day that the Marlins traded for him um, the next day he was at the facility at Lone Depot Park at like 10 30 like hitting with Brant Brown or you know getting his work in it's like you know you don't have to do that if you're that guy that's proven himself in this league but he was eager and he was hungry to go from the Guardians I guess it was to Miami and just you know, pick things up in the middle of a playoff push. So I think that spoke volumes about him. It registered and resonated quickly how serious he was about his work and his desire to win. Um, he's been all around the last couple of seasons. A couple of years ago, he's with the Padres in the postseason. Uh, he's been Washington National. Um, he's been all over the place and obviously came up with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But um, he's an important piece. And, yes, uh, you know, I think he does – bear some of the responsibility especially if you hear his comments publicly um he expects to hit homers and he expects to get going and the expectation is that there's not a ton of power on this team i don't think you could say he's going to have to be one of those guys that fills that jorge soler void all right here he is josh bell on 2024 I don't know. I, I feel like the, the sky's the limit after, you know, the, the last couple of months I had last year. Um, you know, it seems like we're going to have the same game plan in regards to going into each game with, a, you know, the mentality to have success in the, in the box. Um, so hopefully I can get off to a, a strong start. Yeah, I think it was a lot of attention to detail. Um, I can say that you know, from across the dugout, um, across the field, you know, playing against them last year, you know, the, the attention to detail, how they took the field, um, how they're running, you know, each play out. Um, you know, there's there's a, a right game, a way to play the game. There's, there's a right uh, mentality, and it, it starts with him. Um, you know, just taking first to third, um, grinding out at bats. Um, I think it starts with him, the mentality, and, you know, it, it definitely was, was seen last year. Is it safe to say that 
Yeah, you know, I, I know we're pumped to get a full season out of Jazz, too. Um, you know, I, I feel like when, when you look at his numbers last year, they were the, the most exciting to look at. Okay, if he does get in 162, um, you know, myself included, you know, I've had some stretches in the past where, you know, I'm doing damage and, you know, controlling the strike zone, which is first and foremost for me. So if I can get back on that track and, uh, you know, control the strike zone and, and do damage when the pitch presents itself, uh, I think it's going to be a, a good sign for the Marlins. Josh, you, Jazz, Burger, a handful of other guys, basically you've essentially been here for a week already before you guys had to be here. Just the significance of seeing so much buy-in and so many guys getting here before you guys had to. What do you think that means for in the clubhouse and just showing what you guys are? trying to do yeah i think uh i think we're just hungry after last year um you know obviously leave the leave the ballpark with a sour taste in your mouth leaving philly everyone traveling in different directions so we're itching to get back um you know the first week was you know pretty easy just getting the cobwebs off but you know it's go time now we got a game on saturday and uh, i know we're excited to get after it i think i think if we stay healthy um you know injuries play a, a huge toll in this game um, if you know one through nine everybody on the roster can stay healthy and you know we contribute when we can but if we're on the field in the lineup that's the most important thing so health health first and foremost Yeah, honestly, I'm excited for him. I haven't been through that arbitration process. I heard it's uh, it's, it's something else for players. Um, but I, I know that, um, you know, he has that taste in his mouth, not only from arbitration, but from last year. And, you know, I, I know he has a lot to prove on a baseball field. He's so electric. If he can, if he can, you know, be out there, I, I told him, you know, you think in 148, 150, he said, I won't play 160 this year. And so that's the mentality week one. Um, you know, it's a grind. You have to get through it. But I know he has the, the right mentality going into it. All right, let's wrap this thing up here, Kyle. Good stuff from everyone that spoke here on the first full day um, at spring training in Jupiter as we get you ready for Saturday afternoon where the Marlins have their first spring training game. Kyle, I'm excited. You're excited. We set up today. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, we can wrap it up, but uh, I don't know what is in the middle of the road. Did a bird die? Did the garbage truck roll over? This is a catastrophe. Hopefully we'll see you on Saturday. Um, we're just sitting dead stopped on the turnpike southbound at exit 99. I have no idea what's going on. Can we keep going? This road is an absolute catastrophe. It took an hour and 45 minutes to get up there this morning. I got up there at 7.30. I picked you up from the radio station at 7.15, and it took an hour and 45 minutes to get there, and now we're dead stopped on a Tuesday afternoon at 2.15, um, it appears as if there might be sheetrock scattered all over the road. I have no idea what's going on. This is a, a travesty, and I am absolutely sick and tired of making this drive, and I'm very excited come Thursday we do not have to do it again. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us. We love you. We hope we make it home safely. We do hope we end up in a high-speed chase, and we hope that you see us on the news later. God bless and good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.